I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 25. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. On last week's podcast, I highlighted a song that was written as if Queen Esther was singing it herself. And this idea gave me some new inspiration that I considered as I pondered this week's song, You Won't Let Go by Michael W. Smith. So I pondered what character in the Bible might sing this song, because for me, it was really a powerful thing to think about the idea that Esther sang that song. And I really, as I listened to the song, I considered and pondered the whole story of Esther. It really kind of helped it come alive for me. Um, And so again, I sang along with Mandisa in Born for This. And if you missed it, it was episode 24. So I encourage you to go check it out. But of course, in all my reading of the background of this song, Michael did not write this song as if a character in the Bible was singing it. But that doesn't keep us from using this technique to try something new this week. So I think one of the benefits that I can share with you are some of my thought processes because I use the things I'm teaching you is what I use to study the Bible all of the time. And so, again, I'm just kind of sharing with you this thought process that I went along this week to try to um, just kind of bring a song alive or bring a different set of scripture alive. Now, and I know that not everything that I do will resonate with you. And I learn new things all the time by listening to other podcasts and sermons, reading books on Bible study, and just flat out reading God's word for myself. And so one of the things that I learned from another Bible study teacher a long time ago is to remember that the characters that we see and study in the Bible were real people. They, they actually walked on the earth. They got dirt in their sandals. They lost their temper. They loved and were loved. And so when you remember this, as you meditate on scripture, specifically if you're meditating on scripture that highlights a character or a person, it really helps the scripture come to life and it helps that character come to life in your mind. So recently we attended the presentation, my husband and my girls and I recently attended the presentation of Jonah. We went to the Sights and Sounds Theater in Branson, Missouri, and I highly, highly recommend it. It's a Broadway style musical and it told the story of Jonah. Now the costuming was gorgeous, the music was moving, the sets were amazing, and the story was just downright compelling. And ultimately, what was really wonderful for us is at the end of the presentation, it really led to the gospel message being presented and an opportunity for people to actually walk down and pray with someone if they were moved by the story. So the writers of the musical obviously saw Jonah as a real 
person. Now, it was funny because a lady came out on stage at the very beginning and reminded us that for the sake of creativity and flow of the story, that they added in some details that are not necessarily seen in Scripture specifically. But I will tell you that what I was impressed with was that what the details that they added in were actually plausible. And so it really helped bring the story to life without taking away from the truth of what Scripture was saying. And so again, we met Jonah's mother and his sister, those two characters not really talked about in Jonah. And we see the town where he's from, how he was regarded by the people, all of that not really seen in in Jonah in Scripture. Um We even got to meet the sailors on the boat, and they are mentioned in Scripture. But of course, just because the Bible doesn't talk about Jonah's mother and sister doesn't mean that he didn't have a family. Of course, he had a mother, and um, of course, he had a family. And being reminded of that made him just a lot more human to me, and it really brought life to the story. And so I caution you to remember the parts that you add in your mind when when you're trying to make Scripture come alive and you're thinking of those things. Of course, in the play, um, again, they talked about characters that Scripture didn't necessarily talk about. So you don't tell the story as if um, that were Scripture. But thinking about it that way really, really helps it come to life. Now, in the play, they suggested that the Ninevites killed Jonah's father. And, of course, we know Jonah's father's name, Scripture tells us. Um, Again, this idea is quite plausible. I mean, Jonah had a father, and the Ninevites were a violent, warring people. And it, it it is very obvious from Scripture that something very personal must have happened to Jonah for him to hate the Ninevites so much that he would refuse to deliver God's message to them. And so I I don't want to mix up in my mind or confuse myself that these plausible thoughts are what really what Scripture says. Again, it's just a useful tool for us to bring Scripture alive in our minds. We never want to add to Scripture. But on the same token, I will ask you from time to time to fill in the blanks with what you think could be going through the mind of a character in God's Word. It is really helpful in relating to the people that God uses to tell His story. So, as I considered the words of this week's song, I thought to myself, well, who could be singing them? Could it be Paul? I mean, he had some boating experiences where he would know God as the anchor of his soul. You are the Paul is also the one who wrote, I am convinced, out of in Romans chapter 8, where he says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither life, neither death, the highest eye, the deepest depth, nothing can, nothing can separate. Neither tears, neither drought, certain as the sun will rise, nothing can, nothing can.
following this same thought journey? Uh, what other character could possibly be singing this song? I thought maybe David. After all, he did write Psalm 23, where it says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Could it be Peter? He's the obvious choice whenever storms are mentioned, since he's the one who stepped out of the boat toward Jesus in the midst of a storm. No shadow comes without the light making a way. No raging storm can ever defy one word of faith. But in the end, I didn't go with any of these characters. And my inspiration for the direction I was going this week happened as I was actually in God's Word myself. I wasn't doing research for my podcast. I didn't have an idea of what scripture to jump off of. I was just in my personal time in the Word. In fact, my husband and I were spending a few days in preparation for a retreat that we went to. And part of that preparation was we took a break from media. So in the morning, our morning schedule is that um, we get up and he fixes my cup of coffee and we sit together and watch the news in the morning. But because we were taking a media break, uh, we didn't, weren't watching the news and I'm not much of a morning conversationalist. So I turned on the audio version of God's Word. And I just want you to know that you have this tool probably on your smartphone already. I'm not sure if you've ever found it, but I use the version app on my smartphone or my tablet. And in several of the translation there, translations, there is an audio version, just like this little volume um, logo that you can click on and just listen to the audio version of God's Word. So I popped up Acts and I started it in chapter one and pressed play. And uh, we would just listen to several chapters of Acts while we drank our coffee that morning. And so I encourage you, if you want to take that kind of approach in the morning, maybe before your eyes start focusing, you could listen to his word, listen to his word while you're getting ready for work. Maybe turn it on in the car. If you have a kind of a commute, just let that be part of your routine. It's it's valuable to listen to it. My husband learns a lot more from listening to it than um, I do. I need to be able to see the words, but depending on your personality, it could really help and assist you in your study of God's word. So again, listening to the book of Acts and where Peter is preaching after Jesus went up to heaven and his spirit has come down on the disciples. And that's when he said this in Acts chapter two, he said, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. 
King David said this about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. So just as you were listening to me read that, I was listening to the audio version of Acts and uh, someone reading it to me. And uh, whenever you, uh, something jumped out at me, and this is something that I would like to teach you today. Uh, But whenever you're reading and you see that the speaker or the author is referring to another area of scripture, so you know, uh, or another uh, area of scripture that is talking about the same thing. If you look in your Bible near the bottom of each page, and some versions have it in a a column or in between the columns, you'll see it. It's a scripture reference or an address. A scripture address is what I like to call it. um, And those are called cross-references. And this is an important tool in Bible study, is to follow those cross-references almost like a treasure map to see where it might take you. So you can often hang out in that area of scripture and then gain new understanding. And then you'll begin to see links in various areas of scripture that you never saw before. You're going to have some of those aha moments. Some of the ones that I try to share with you. But I can't wait to hear about when you have your first aha moments on your own. So my first clue that there was a cross reference here is that Peter said, quote, King David said this about Jesus. Well, where in scripture does King David himself write, but in the Psalms? So if I check that cross-reference, I I was led to Psalm 16. Before I head over to Psalm 16, I want you to see that Peter is telling us that David was not referring to himself here, but was talking about Jesus. So then I follow that cross-reference, keeping that in mind. And then as I begin to read the Psalm, I read it as if the words were spoken by Christ himself. So let me read it to you. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. Just again, picture Jesus saying these words. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Trouble multiplies for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. Again, this is the part where Peter starts quoting. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Now, Jesus was fully man and fully God when he walked this earth. 
And there are many areas of scripture where Christ bows to the authority of his father. So for him to call his father master, totally right on. He did take pleasure in the godly people of the land. He recognized that God alone was his blessing. Even as he was fully man, he knew that idols were not the what God wanted for us. The whole psalm is just a declaration of who God is and what he does for us. And, and God it was all of that to Jesus too. So then I thought, this song could be sung by Jesus. He always knew what would happen to him on earth. You know, he came and he knew what the end plan was, but he still walked it out. And he taught us so much about the Father along the way. And he said that we've seen the Father because we've seen him. So now when I hear these words of the song, I see it in a whole new light. No shadow comes without the light making a way. No raging storm can ever defy one word of faith. It's true, no shadow comes without the light making a way, and Jesus is that light. And no raging storm can ever defy one word of faith. He knows that because he was the one who commanded the waves to be still. His heart had to remain sure in the wind and the waves because he was in the middle of the storms with his disciples. And Christ knew that God would never let go of him. He could depend on his father, and so can we. So what's next? Well, I want you to study Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2. And then I want you to study the cross-reference of Psalm 16. I think that'll be a really interesting place to stay this week and really consider um, maybe Psalm 16 as if Christ himself were saying it. And the reason that I can say that and for sure is because that that's what Peter teaches us in Acts chapter 2 that David was prophesying um really was uh, was prophesying what Jesus that that it was Jesus's words so while you are in God's word this week i really want to know how you're doing so hop on twitter at michelle nizat or on facebook and let's talk about what you're learning you can leave a comment on this week's show notes michellenizat.com forward slash 25, and I would love to hear from you. Just a few quick announcements before we leave today. One of the ways that you can internalize God's word so that you can actually talk about it from memory is by having it in front of you and reviewing it every day. And I'm not sure if you know this, but I create free memory verse resources each week that tie into the study that we're doing that week. And you can download them for free if you're a member of my email list. And so I create a smartphone, desktop, tablet, or, pr- or printables that just keep that memory verse or, um, in front of you, in front of mind, so that you can review it and internalize it. So just head over to michellenizat.com and subscribe to my email list. I promise I won't share your information or bombard you with email, and I think this will be a really useful to- tool for you. And next, I really appreciate your reviews on iTunes. 
Not only is it an encouragement to me, it's a testimony to others that this podcast is worth listening to, and it really helps keep my podcast visible to potential new listeners. My promise has always been to you that if you take the time to review my podcast, then I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. So this week, thank you to FBCC Marshall and SA Brand Number One for your kind reviews. Your comments were an encouragement to me this week. They really made my day. So head over to michellenizat.com forward slash review if you have not had a chance to review the podcast yet. It'll take you straight to iTunes and um, to the section that where you can leave your review. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on Do Life Big by Jamie Grace. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share on Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 25. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time. Take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.